0: I'd like to play a game of trivial pursuit with regard to John's gospel. Question one, uh, and don't answer these aloud. You know, you can nod or shake your head or, or you can frown. Um, well, we might get to say, answer the second one. Does John's gospel contain an account of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem? Good man, Mr Gould, quite right. What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Well done you. How many miracles of Jesus are recorded in John's Gospel? Clue? It's a number between mm, six and eight. (laughs) Oh, okay. Right. Um, John's Gospel doesn't call Jesus' miracles miracles. What word does John's Gospel use for them? Oh, you're clever. Um, oh, dear. How does John's Gospel account of Jesus' first miracle of water into wine end? And they all had a jolly good time? Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll come back to that. Can somebody get me a little glass of water from somewhere? The Tim Tan? Uh, water. <clears throat> Thank you. Here we are in week three. Oh, in week. Shall we wait? (laughs) He's from England. (laughs) Oh, Robin, I do apologize. (laughs) Mm. right oh yeah well i'll get as far as i can and then because Roy smart gets the uh, sermon before you do she can take over (laughs) (laughs) here we are in week three of the eight week season of epiphany and this is the season where christ becomes manifest to the gentiles the wise men and so on and so forth so, what is a gospel reading about turning water into wine at a wedding doing here in Epiphany? Has the lectionary and its list of readings got it wrong? We'll need to tease apart the various strands of this gospel reading to see what's going on and see if we think that the choice of reading is correct. So, let's look at six of the details of the account in John's gospel. First of all, Jesus and his disciples are mentioned as guests, and Jesus' mother Mary is mentioned as a guest, but there's no mention of Mary's spouse Joseph. It's generally accepted that he had died when Jesus was maybe an older teenager. Secondly, Jesus was invited to a wedding, so he can't have been overall a dour, serious to miserable sort of person. He was someone worth inviting to a wedding. Thirdly, Jesus' disciples were invited as well. How many disciples were there? According to John's Gospel, at this stage, there were four. There were Andrew and his brother Peter, and there were Nathaniel and Philip. Philip. If we go by John's Gospel, then there was Jesus and four of his disciples. Fourthly, there were six stone jars in this Cana home for Jewish purification ceremonies, washing hands, washing feet, washing utensils. Each jar contained maybe 20 gallons. That is, each contained 76 litres. That is, each contained nine... ..of our watering cans full of water. They were sizable stone jars. So this was a home that was into purification ceremonies in a big way. Clearly, it was the home of a most observant Jew. Fifthly, the water jars were made of stone. Most water jars were made out of clay. But these in Cana were from stone... They were much harder to produce and they were quite expensive items. So this was the home of a reasonably wealthy observant Jew. And sixthly, how did Jesus address his mother? He called her woman. Now that sounds harsh. Probably a better translation would be my lady. But whatever it was, It was the way that a teacher, a rabbi, would address a lady rather than as mum. Apparently, Jesus had started on his public teaching career and adopted a formal way of addressing his mother in public. Now, the fact that John's Gospel describes Jesus' miracles as signs is significant too. There are seven such miracles turning water into wine in Cana, healing an official's son in Capernaum, healing an invalid at the Pool of Bethsaida in Jerusalem, feeding 5,000 near the Sea of Galilee, walking on the water of the Sea of Galilee, healing a blind man in Jerusalem, and raising dead Lazarus in Bethany. Each of these had an epiphany effect in the lives of those who witnessed them. As we said last week, an epiphany means a revelation. They saw and they understood something about this remarkable man who was among them. These seven miracles, these seven signs, are large neon arrows pointing to God and to his only son. They point to the fact that the kingdom of God Is breaking into the world. They point to the fact that Jesus is one with the Father and can perform the works that only God can do. Now it may seem that Jesus changing water into wine was a rather pointless sign, for it isn't obvious what greater purpose it served other than ensuring a successful wedding reception. And so it is that the comment at the end of the narrative about this first sign or miracle is instructive. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Mary knew that her son had an unusual, special, distinctive aspect to his life. And she had been present in both Bethlehem and Jerusalem when Jesus' glory was revealed. And here she was again in Cana, witnessing yet another instance when Jesus' glory was revealed. And this time, the maitre d of the wedding reception knew, and the servants who poured the water into the stone jars and then served the wine to the guests also knew And the disciples present also knew that Jesus' nature was the nature of God. That what Jesus had done was the work that only God could do. They saw and they understood. To them, Jesus had revealed his glory, an act of epiphany for them. While there are seven miracles of Jesus recorded in John's gospel, clearly there were others as well that John did not record. John chapter 2 verse 23 says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he did. So John has made a selection of seven among all of Jesus' miracles and has presented them in his gospel. But the effect of the miracles was that many people believed in Jesus' name. They too had an epiphany. They saw and they too understood that he was someone to whom they could commit themselves. For Jesus had the answer to their questions. Jesus was the key to their lives' meanings. And this is confirmed by the statement near the end of John's gospel in chapter 20. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. I wonder what it was. I wonder who it was that opened your heart and mind to the claims of Jesus Christ upon you so that you came to believe that Jesus is the Christ and is your Saviour. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was a youth group leader. Maybe it was a faithful parish minister. Maybe it was the example of your parents. But it's good to reflect on your faith story and try to work out who and where it was that the seeds of Christian faith and commitment were sown within you. For many in Jesus' day, it was the epiphany effect of his works, his miracles, his signs. But let us thank and praise God that we have heard and we have responded to the message of God's love. And we have responded with faith and with the committing of our hearts and lives to God. And this is the kernel of our work and mission as a parish, as a community of faith, to present the message of God's love. We 90, 100, 120 members of this parish are 90, 100, 120 signs of God's love and work. We are 90, 100, 120 large neon arrows pointing to God and to his only son. Our lives and faith point to the fact that the kingdom of God is breaking into the world of Kensington or wherever we live. In this epiphany season, we give ourselves afresh to the task that we have to do to be the signs of Jesus' love and grace and glory to those around us in our street and our suburb and to be such well-written signs that many others may see and may understand and may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that believing, they too may have life in his name.